My guest today is Anne Beal, Beal Research. She's been on the show a couple of times. We are live today at the next conference in Chicago, and welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. So nice to see you. Yeah, nice to see you too. So I've never been to the next conference. I assume you have. I've never been either. It's fabulous, isn't it? I actually really like it. Yeah. It's a smaller show. They have another show, uh, Converge, in L.A. I really think you should attend, at least as an attendee. I don't even know if they do uh, exhibit floor. Last year was the first year. Mm. It had, I mean, like this one, it has just a, it's chock full of great brands. So good attendees. Great speakers. Fantastic speakers. Yeah, totally. And you're speaking later on today. I am. Tell us what you're talking about. I am talking about the role of emotions in purchasing. So we've actually done some really exciting research on which emotions lead to purchasing, which emotions lead to repurchasing, and which emotions lead to brands getting recommended or not. The actionability of that. So understanding as a brand understands their consumer, you know, and what's winning in the marketplace. It sounds like what you're really offering is helping them connect the dots to the emotional outcome of that consumption or purchase or however you want to think about it. So we are increasingly of the opinion that people don't think their way through the marketplace. They feel their way through it. Totally. And the, I do. And Yes, me too. The brands that we engage with are the brands that give us a positive emotional response. And the brands we really engage with give us a really positive emotional response. Apple would be a good example of one. And Coke for me is like, I like Coke. Actually, I don't like Coke. This is funny. I buy Coke when I'm not feeling good. Mm. It's such a weird consumption behavior. It makes you feel uh, better though, doesn't it? Comforts you. And Coke is actually a good example. That's actually a brand we reference in my talk in terms of a brand that's actually driven a lot of emotional connection with consumers. And they actually, if they had access to my model, which I think they must have at some point done that. (laughs) Hint, hint, those are listening from Coke. (laughs) Uh, They have used those principles that we've uncovered extremely effectively. Got it. That's really cool stuff. Yeah, it's really great. Um, you're also exhibiting at the... Now, do you guys... Does Beale Research exhibit a lot? We actually have never exhibited. This is our very first time. Okay. So we have brought the crew out. We are, as you know, located in Chicago. So, so it's, it's a little easy. bit easier to have my uh, staff here uh, and fabulous colleagues. And we're also um, showing our books that we've written. We have a new book called Reading the Hidden Communications Around You, a guide to reading the nonverbal communications of your colleagues and customers, of body language, so to speak. Yep. Um, yep. And other books, as you all know, we do publish a fair bit in the awesome. firm. Yeah, you guys, about two a year is kind of my... What I'm seeing is the average for a decade. (laughs) (laughs) Not quite that many, but uh, (laughs) we're glad that you think so. The last book was really interesting. I read that uh, and actually changed my... So we have little kids, a two and a three-year-old, as well as a 12-year-old daughter and uh, some older kids. You know, it's the second family thing. The Cinderella... What was the title? Cinderella Didn't Live Happily Ever After, The Hidden Messages in Fairy Tales. Right. And it's one of the interesting things about that is how... In the fairy tale, in fairy tales, women are oftentimes cast as the uh, bad person, right? Um, the enemy. They're cast as very helpless, or if they are powerful, they're often cast as quite evil. And so, men are cast as being powerful and good, whereas yep. women who are powerful in fairy tales, aka witches and stepmothers, are generally evil. In fact, there's not one nice stepmother in a fairy tale at this point, and so that's kind of a sad thing for stepmothers who. As you know, your lovely wife knows, it's, yeah. a, it's a stereotype that's just not accurate. Yeah, that's right, actually. That's a really good point. 
anyway, I love that book. It was super informative for me. Yeah, I have, there are little girls who occasionally call me. It's actually not a child's book, but it does tend to um, be something that young women like. And I've had it, a young reader as young as I think she was 12 years old. She said, this has totally changed how I think about fairy tales. And I don't want to be Cinderella when I grow up. I gave the book to another uh, friend of mine. And he actually, he and his wife actually stopped. Literally, I'm not kidding. This is a true story. After they read it, they literally stopped reading fairy tales to their kids. Interesting. So, yeah, yeah, I interesting. thought that was kind of a, yeah. wow. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I didn't mean, maybe, I don't know, but anyway, so yeah. it definitely is very actionable. And, and yeah, it's and interesting. And, and, and I'm not against fairy tales per se, but I think we want to be thoughtful about what the messages are that yeah. they do communicate. Yeah, well, his wife was actually very, is very cognizant of that already. Mm. And so as soon as she had this, I think it was like, oh my gosh, we got to really know, think about it. Yeah. Yeah, be a little bit more proactive in how we were. Yeah. Uh, managing the content, the bedtime content. But anyway, mm. um, if somebody wants to get in contact with you to talk about, from Coke specifically, to talk about <laughs> the uh, uh, work that you're doing in Emotion. Sure, they can contact me uh, through the website. It's uh, bealresearch.com. That's B-E-A-L-L research, one word, dot com. Um, and uh, I'm at Ian at BealRT.com. So they're welcome to get in touch. And I'm always, by the way, happy to talk to people about our work and emotions. And if you aren't at this conference, I'd be happy to chat with you about some of what we found. Yeah, fantastic. I'm sure that a lot of people will be beating out the door to that effect, actually. It's because it's such an important, you know, you know, there's three different talks at the next conference about voice. And when you get into an invisible purchase journey, which in the next three years, it's about $80 billion is going to be in a voice. So if you're not connecting at an emotional level, you're really in bad shape. I uh, think so. Especially if you're a C- especially if you're a CPG. Sure, because the reality is is that we can make choices all the time. There are plenty of products that we can buy, and we are going to be drawn to the things that make us feel good and that make us feel good, particularly about ourselves. And there's no interrupt opportunity, right? So I can go on Amazon right now, and Scott's paper towel can connect with me if I type in paper towels. But in an invisible purchase journey, they don't have that opportunity. Right. And why do you put Scott's in in the first place? Did your mom use it? Do you have a sense that it's very high quality and do you have a feeling from it when you look at packaging that makes you say, yeah, I'll just buy this. Super interesting. Yeah, it is. All right, Anne, thanks for being on the show. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you, Next Conference, for hosting us here. Happy Market Research podcast. Um, having opportunity to speak with our the speakers here is a big honor of mine and I hope you find a lot of value. As always, you can find Anne's information in the show notes. And if you like this podcast, please take the time screen capture the episode, post it on your social media. Thank you so much for all the support. Have a great rest of your day.